Should we do one? Sure. Okay. All right. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Charles Still Tall, Stuck Too Tall Something Chuck Thompson. What's up today, Chuck? How's it going? That is right. That is your... That's your full name. I don't know if you wanted everyone to know it. It is hump day, everyone, and we just comb through the news to see what everyone needed to know about from us, because you probably already know about these things, but hey, wait till you hear us talk about it. That's that's way better, Mm -hmm. okay? So if this is your first time listening, make sure you hit that follow button or subscribe, whichever one it is on your podcast app. So you can get a brand new episode of Good Morning Liberty, talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. So in case you guys don't know, Charlie, this first story is for you, but in case you guys don't know, the House Democratic lawmakers in the great state of Texas are fleeing persecution right now, fleeing the state, so they don't get arrested because they're Mm. refusing to have a quorum, they're refusing to go have a vote during this special session, and they have fled to safety in Washington, D.C., of all places. I, it, it's a rare, it's, it's very rare that you see lawmakers protesting democracy. It, it is. And, uh, but here you have it, folks. It, very rare do you see them charter a flight out uh, to flee a democratic situation. A, a situation where they are going to have a vote on something and it, now listen hey these people love democracy they love to have the vote whoever gets the most votes on a certain thing should win i that's what it is that's what i heard and actually filibusters are racist when you try to stop things from being passed filibusters are completely racist is this not a is this a filibuster so this is like one of the of filibuster. This is one of the ultimate filibusters that you can do getting on a plane and going somewhere else. I mean, yeah, if, if that's not a filibuster, I don't know what else it is. Oh, it's a filibuster carve out. Okay. Technical term. This right is there. amazing. All right. This is coming from New York post. The Texas governor Abbott vows to have missing democratic lawmakers arrested when they return. If they return, I guess. Governor Greg Abbott vowed to arrest the Democratic lawmakers who fled a special session in order to block Republican-backed election reform bills. Could you imagine the Republicans doing this? They're mad about the filibuster, right, in in the national, in the the Congress, on the federal level, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And this really is, I mean, a filibuster. It's you by being absent, right? Because you have to meet certain thresholds to be they're able to. They're blocking a vote on a piece of legislation. They're literally blocking yeah. democracy mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> I, I can't imagine the Republicans doing this because I tell you what, honestly, Republicans don't stand up this hard for the things that they care about, uh, want to politically pander to. <laughs> yeah. They just don't. Quote, once they step back into the state, they will be arrested and brought back to the Capitol and we will be conducting business, the governor pledged. Roughly 60 Democratic members of the Texas House of Representatives took private flights to Washington, D.C. on Monday to press Congress and the Biden administration to pass federal voting rights legislation. So they're in Washington lobbying for federal legislation. 
The absence of the lawmakers means the House lacks a quorum and is unable to vote on any legislation. Republicans say the voting measures ending 24-hour polling places, banning ballot drop boxes, and empowering partisan poll watchers are designed to ensure the integrity of the vote by preventing voter fraud. Another part of this to me is they just seem like they're they're extending the like if they're if the voter fraud thing the entire thing was a conspiracy mm-hmm. they're just adding fuel to the fire oh yeah for it's, sure we'll uh, talk about that here in a second yeah th- yeah all right everyone i want to tell you guys about our sponsor better help on this show we talk about life liberty and the pursuit of meaning and it's really hard to pursue that meaning if there's something getting in the way better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist this is an app it's a site you can download it you can go to the website and they will connect you with the therapist after they ask you a few questions that way they compare you with the person that works best for you and if you don't want that person you can get another one okay connect in their safe and private online environment super convenient way more convenient than actually going to an office somewhere sitting in the waiting area and talking to someone in person you can do it this is great for people that are really busy this is not just a self-help thing this is actual professional counseling you can send a message to your counselor anytime you get a timely thoughtful response plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions it's more affordable than the traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available Service is available, by the way, for clients that are worldwide. So all you guys listening all the way around the world, they are there for you. If you are dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, something in your relationship, trouble sleeping, some trauma, are you mad about something, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, anything like that, BetterHelp has got someone for you. Remember, it is confidential, super convenient, professional, affordable. If you don't believe me, you can go and check out the testimonials posted daily on their website. And remember, please remember, this is not a crisis line. All right, I want you guys to start living a happier life today. As a listener of this show, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com GML. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health again. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash G-M-L. And now back to the show. They are. They're making the whole situation. Where it, it makes me question even harder. Like, why are they so against something as simple as what is inside this law? Because, by the way, Texas already, you got to show an ID when you vote. The, the main thing inside of this, which we'll talk about in the next story, is an ID for mail-in ballots which they still made super easy, by the way. You can still simply write the last four of your social security number it's probably on the ballot. That's it's, re- that's but it's restrictive. restrictive. Yeah, it is. That's, that's <laughs> what blows me away about this whole thing. It's like when you... Um, so that's like accusing someone of doing something wrong that you know that they did. Mm-hmm. And then they, they're just, they get angry and defensive. That, that, they're it, being very defensive right now. And they run away. Yeah. They, they, they don't want to talk about it. They just hang up when you There's, ask them about it. Yeah, I'm so mad. At, I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. Democrats say the Republican plan is to hamper the voting process. Restrict, we talked about all those restrictions. It's very restrictive, folks. yeah. Texas Rep. Trey Martinez-Fisher said, There is nothing special about this session in Austin. It is a suppression session. Suppression session. 
suppression session what you <laughs> <laughs> they are trying to take away our right to vote and we're not going to put up with it and we're going to fight the so representatives. We're, so we're not going to vote. Representatives said we're they're <laughs> trying to take away our right to vote. Mm-hmm. This is some of the God bless. So if you're wondering what the okay, first off, a couple well, things before we well, get let into me ask you the, the question: yeah. Can the governor actually arrest the lawmakers? I believe they can. I believe it's in mm-hmm. the rules that they can do this, and I believe I saw this done within the last ten years. Where and. Oregon, somewhere in the Northwest, and I think it was Republican lawmakers that, refu- that were refusing uh, to go and vote on something. Now, does that mean that we agree with it? I think, I think arresting them is, is going to be a terrible political move, in my opinion, because I'm going to go ahead and imagine the photos of some of these representatives being arrested and brought into Congress so they can have this vote. And it's not going to play very well. It's actually going to play perfectly in their favor. If you're just playing 5D chess on this. Well, it depends on how the overflow facilities look. That's, that's true. <laughs> but when they march, I'm just saying, when you march a, a, uh, a black rep- woman representative into the house in, in handcuffs, if that's what they're going to do, and force them to go in there so they can vote, to do something that the entire media has decided is to take away the minority's right to vote. This is playing perfectly into their favor. They know exactly what they're doing because they know eventually they will have this vote. They can't go forever without voting. He's, Abbott already said that he's going to continue to call special sessions and they will get this passed before the 2022 election. They will do this eventually. And so they know what they're doing, which is creating an amazing photo op when they get back. Mm-hmm. Of getting arrested, it's going to play perfectly into their favor. Now, I did some other digging on this, and and from what one of the representatives says, this Crockett here, he says the most that can happen is that we can be detained, which is why we got out of the state. The governor of Texas has no jurisdiction outside of the state, along with the Department of Public Safety. Crockett, who is also a criminal defense attorney, added, I know the law and the governor knows the law as well. He said they can't be arrested because they haven't broken a law, but they can be detained, Yeah, which is, which is like being arrested, but they're not going to be charged with a crime. Well, yeah, I don't mean that they can be charged yeah. with, a, with a crime. Now, I think a pretty easy one to say is if you have a job and you refuse to do that job, then you should lose your job. I think that that's a pretty easy determination to make yeah. on, the, on this matter. How many times do you come in and you're like, I'm just not going to do my job? Yeah. I'm just going to refuse to do my job today. And so Charlie can't fire me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly away to D.C. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, yeah. and so he pri- can't detain me in his house and make him do my work. And the, do my work. In the private market, you lose your job when you refuse to do your job. In this, in this market, in the government market, uh, they just can't perform their functions. I mean, you should. This is this is what's referred to. The proper uh, term is dereliction of duty. Okay, you've abandoned your obligations, which is something you should be impeached for. I, I would get behind that part. Right. If you're not going to go vote on something that is that the house is trying to pass, you refuse to go do your job, then you should lose that job. Yeah. I think that that's a pretty easy concession to make on the whole detainment situation yeah. is is to see if you could do that anyhow and, yeah and this is this is one of the problems that you have when you don't um when you're not okay with losing see 
and see, this is also the problem I have when uh, I saw all these people. Um, I remember this couple that did a video, and essentially one was a Democrat and one was a Republican. One was voting for Clinton, the other one was voting for Trump, and they were talking about how even though they disagree, they're married and they're happy and they just disagree on politics. And I remember somebody sharing that and being like, this isn't acceptable. You can't agree with Republicans. You can't agree with them because their, their ideas are murderous. They want to kill the immigrants and put up a wall and all this stuff. And so now you're starting to see that trickle down to where the Democrats here feel they can't take the L. Yeah, because if they take the L, well, then they're siding. Uh, they're, they're not siding, but they're allowing the other <laughs> side that has all these awful ideas that's going to kill people and stop immigrants from voting and all kinds of stuff. That now they're now they're associated with them, whereas Republicans like this should this is how democracy this is how representative democracy works, mm-hmm. right? We had Obama for eight years. We had Trump for four years. Now we have Biden for at least four years. We've gone back and forth in the United States for like the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years. It's been some Republicans and Democrats or whatever. I wish they would throw in some other parties. I'd like to vote for, I don't know, the, uh, the fun party of America or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But it's like it, it, this is getting to a, a dangerous place because eventually... what. Follow, abstract this all the way out. Where does it go? It le- it it goes to war. Ev- eventually, that's what it leads things to. Things like this. Now, at first, I could be like, "Well, the government not being able to do things." I mean, that that doesn't know, sound is that bad. The worst thing no, possible. No, I wish they would do this when they were voting to increase taxes. Something like that. That would that would be pretty good. But I th- just find it extremely hilarious, and it's so hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Because could you imagine? If the Republicans did this, oh, and these I guarantee you are a lot of people who who think that a direct democracy is the way to go. And when you say that you want a direct democracy, what you're saying is that the majority would rule. And in this case, where they know that they're going to lose the vote, they're just refusing to have the vote. And so, yeah, we've got some crazy, some crazy hypocrisy going on right now. Now they're paying for this, by the way, through campaign funds from some of them. <laughs> They're getting private donations, by the way. Beto O'Rourke posted the other day wanting to support the Texas House Democrats as they fight, as they fight, as they fought, as as they take the fight to our nation's capital to inspire the U.S. Senate to do their part. Please donate to ensure they have the resources to fight for as long as it takes. Now, I thought fight was... I thought you were going to have violence after you say the word fight. Yeah. You know, that's, I thought that was incitement. Well, if they storm, the, Tex- if right they storm the Texas Capitol, well, then they should all be arrested for incitement. <laughs> they should be because they are fighting let me, right now. Let me read a little bit more. This is from Newsweek, by the way, where I'm getting this. Uh, we raised this money privately, Martinez Fisher said. The House Democratic Caucus privately fundraised a private expenditure. So this is a private <clears> fight. In fact, the hotels we're staying in tonight, I'm paying, I'm paying for the entire group out of my campaign account. So campaign finance, this this is how, oh man, you know, whatever. There's there's, more campaign fraud laws. There's another thing in here where you can say, isn't it, isn't it great that they are using privately donated money to do this? 
Maybe we should just run all the government off of privately donated money. If people will donate money mm-hmm. to the politicians of their choosing to pay for them to fly around or stay in Washington for a month or however long they're going to stay there, that's pretty great that Beto's out there posting a private donation link to keep these people going. I don't know. Okay, so what's in this bill that everyone's freaking out about? We did this, I think, with the Georgia voting law, but we didn't do it so much with Texas. And I looked through to see what was in this. Now, there's a couple things that I, I don't know. I don't think they're completely necessary. Are they restrictive? Well, you be the judge of that. From the TexasTribune.org, what's in the new voting restriction legislation introduced in the Texas House and Senate? Now, everyone is using this rule, this, this word restriction, and I wish people would just say rules, like there are some rules for voting, you know? But if you make any, then that's restrictive, and, and it would be the case. Any rule that you make about anything would restrict someone from being able to do it. Mm-hmm. So I guess it is restrictive. It's restrictive on people who won't be able to meet these, these rules right here. A ban on drive through voting. The county's drive through polling places were mostly set up under large tents. Voters remained in their cars and showed a photo ID and verified their registration before casting ballots on portable voting machines. In the last election, by the way, we are still... We it's are, like a Chick-fil-A <clears throat> voting? Now, now that... Yeah, that's one where I, I think that we should have some drive through I don't see why you couldn't have drive through voting. I, I think that I would be yeah. a lot quicker. Like, why yeah. have to get out of your car and go into a building? Why not just be able to sit in your car and present your ID and, just, and vote? You drive up there like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Can I get a name for your vote? <laughs> you give them your name. And it's literally Chick-fil-A doing this yeah. right now. You're like, thanks so much. And my pleasure. New regulations for early voting hours, including a ban on 24-hour voting. The House wants to establish a new voting window from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. The bills add an extra hour of required early voting for hours for local elections, moving it from eight hours to nine. Both bills, there are two bills, House and Senate, lower the population threshold for counties required to provide at least 12 hours of early voting. So they actually lowered the population threshold before it was 100,000 and you would be required to provide 12 hours of early voting. And now it's 30,000. If you are a town of at least 30,000, you are required to provide at least 12 hours of early voting. So that's actually non-restrictive, but they are banning the 24-hour voting and you just can't. You can't have an accurate, accurate vote without this, these things that were created last year because mm. we were going through a pandemic. There's just no way you could ever have an election without these things. Because it was open from what, 7 to 7 before? I guess, I guess so. A ban on the distribution of mail-in ballot applications. Both bills prohibit local election officials from sending unsolicited applications to request a mail-in ballot. So that means they literally mail an application to every single address that they have in their system. Instead, now you will have to ask for it. Political parties would still be able to send out unsolicited applications on their own dime. They would just have to pay for it. So this still literally means that the Democratic Party, if they, if they so choose, can send out unsolicited ballots. Mm. It doesn't block you from doing that. It just says that the, the state is not going to pay to send out these unsolicited ballot applications. The proposal is a, dec- a direct response to Harris County's attempt to proactively send applications to all 2.4 million registered voters last year with specific instructions on how to determine if they are eligible. But the Texas Supreme Court ultimately blocked that effort. Other Texas counties sent applications to voters 65 and older without much scrutiny. 
So by the way, they are instituting something that the Texas Supreme Court said last year you were not allowed to do. So the Texas Supreme Court said you're not allowed to do this. And in this bill, they say we're not allowed to do this. Just making it a, just making it part of the law. Yeah. New ID requirements for voting by mail. This is where it gets real restrictive. This is the most restrictive thing I've ever heard of. And they, this is targeted specifically towards people who are minorities. You can read it in the legislation. The bills would set new ID requirements so voters must provide their driver's license number or if they don't have one, the last four digits of their social security number on the applications for those ballots. For their votes to be counted, they're required to include matching information on the envelopes used to return their ballots. <laughs> that uh, literally was the most racist that, statement I've ever read there's no way for a, a bill. A, there's no way a black person can figure out how to do that. That's what the Democrats are saying. That's what they're by the saying. Way. Yeah. It's impossible. This is too hard. Come on. Oh, monthly citizenship especially, checks. Especially now they're, especially when they restrict the voting hours to where the sun's out only. Yeah. And this, we, talk, we covered yesterday how racist the sun he, is. Heat crimes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. So the heat coupled with these restrictive laws, I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, I get, I get on the plane too. <laughs> monthly citizenship checks the bill would require so every every month you know that every month they're going to come to every person in the state and make sure that they are a citizen right that's what they're going to do the bill would require the texas secretary of state's office to compare the statewide voter registration list with data from the department of public safety to pinpoint individuals who told the department they were not citizens when they obtained or renewed their driver's license or id card restrictive so when you got your driver's license or ID, which by the way, this law only targets white people, because there's no way that anyone non-white could have even gotten their driver's license yeah. or ID card. It's impossible. It's literally impossible. Okay, but this is going to double check if when you got your driver's license, did you say that you were a citizen of the United States? If you said no, then they are going to cross-check that with the voter rolls to see if you were actually on the voter rolls. That is, this, is the mo- this is worse than Jim Crow. This is worse. Mm-hmm. You guys thought fire hoses were bad. They're going to double check their voter rolls. <laughs> Jeez. There's no way you could vote on this. Bring back the fire hoses. Yeah, better. I mean, that, way would be, better. that would be way better. When we actually stopped black people from voting was, was a better time than this. When you physically stopped black people from voting. This is so much worse than that. It so is. much worse. Can't you see this? this it's must, so much worse. This must be Jim Crow 3.0. This is the updated version. Mm-hmm. Crystal Mason provision. This is egregious in this law. <laughs> the, the law includes language in response to a controversial legal voting conviction of Crystal Mason, a Tarrant County woman facing a five-year prison sentence for casting a provisional ballot in the 2016 election. Mason was on supervised release for a federal conviction at the time, and said she didn't know that that made her ineligible to vote. This law will require judges to inform someone if a conviction will prohibit them from voting, and require proof beyond a provisional ballot for an attempt to cast an illegal vote to count as a crime. So they're going to make sure that people don't get put in prison for voting illegally. And put more of the burden on the government, yeah. actually, yeah, to, to, to let those people know. <sighs> Restrictive. My God in heaven, this is awful. Enhancing poll watcher protections 
Both bills include language to strengthen the autonomy of partisan poll watchers at polling places by granting them free movement within a polling place. (sighs) Mm. That's the most restrictive thing I've ever heard of. You're going to let Republicans and Democrats and maybe even Libertarians walk around freely in a polling place? Mm. That's restriction. It is. Right there. Except for, being, except for being present at a voting station when a voter is filling out their ballot. So you cannot go to a voting station. You can't look over people's shoulders. When someone is voting. Okay. That's why it's so restrictive. That, yeah, that's a double restriction mm-hmm. right there. And so this obviously warrants uh, Biden and other people saying that this is the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War, like he was talking about yesterday. Yeah. Can't think of anything worse. That's happened to our country, your voting rights since the Civil War. Mm-mm. No, this is the worst thing. Yeah, even the- worse than January 6th. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it is. Yeah. This is, a, oh. this is an inside attack <laughs> on democracy, Nate. Voting restrictions are an inside job, man. They and, just say it over and over and again. And the Democrats are so against this, they're going to fight <laughs> by by fleeing democracy they're going to fight the attack on democracy by fleeing democracy mm-hmm. which i mean fight fire with fire i guess that's that's the old saying right <laughs> if an attack on democracy is we're not going to participate in democracy you don't participate in democracy when the outcome would be something that you don't like that's in the rules yeah yeah it's, it's in the rules to 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 refuse to vote when you won't like the outcome mm-hmm. of the vote that's obviously in the rules is this is this a consequence of participation trophies <laughs> i think it is yeah <laughs> honestly they refuse to take the l we we can't we can't take the l <laughs> look whatever you libertarians think about voting whether you're like well I'm voting stupid anyway or let everyone vote who cares let everyone vote like you know the 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 law the way the constitution reads is that the states are able to set their own voting laws okay you can't bar anyone on the basis of their gender you can't bar them on the basis of their race their sex if they are a citizen of the united states then they are uh eligible as long as they are of the voting age whatever that is i don't well that's not in the uh constitution actually the voting age but it's just this is clear restriction. This is clearly trying to stop. Uh, this is clearly trying to stop minorities from voting, and this has to be stopped. I, you, I just read everything to you, and I think it's blatantly obvious now. Yeah, and, and my the biggest thing for me is just how racist that entire thing was. Yeah, I know. I don't even know if we'll be allowed to post this episode. Yeah, because of all of the racism that I just talked about. I'm. I feel hurt. <laughs> buy it all right so hey you know get on a plane how many of them were there 660 yeah something like that one of them brought their kid it looks like in the nice picture on a plane with no mask on by the way but that's yeah did you show everybody the picture yeah i put it up there when we started (laughs) no mask no coronavirus there's no covid on that plane Mm -mm. nothing to worry about nice all right Next up, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, which was Bernie's amazing plan for three and a half trillion dollars infrastructure to, to fight climate change and and fix our crumbling roads and bridges and mm-hmm. trains Schools and all that. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I thought they were going to laugh at him, but instead, this happened overnight. From Axios, Democrats' three and a half trillion dollar budget deal sets up next phase of climate push. 
Senate Democrats' new deal on a budget outline sets the stage for their fraught effort to seek unprecedented clean energy spending and initiatives. But never mind, the market's already moving there. But, yeah. You know, that doesn't matter. Can't do it without the government's mm-hmm. help. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and uh, uh, is that the one who had the erection? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Erection. Well, he was questioning whether or not Trump had incited everyone else to have an erection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Majority Leader Erection Incitement Chuck Schumer and Budget Committee members on Wednesday night announced an agreement to try to steer $3.5 trillion into Medicare, climate, education, and other priorities. Education for what? None of the teachers want to teach. Yeah, well, They don't even want to go to the classrooms. They've done nothing but decrease the Department of Education's budget over the last exactly. year or so, Charlie. They're, out, they're almost out of money. Yeah. Never mind they, they, what they do, triple they it? triple the budget Tripled at least. It, and we don't, there's not enough. <laughs> the preliminary deal is a precursor crafting a reconciliation package of programs such as expanded tax breaks for renewable power, new electric vehicle incentives, <laughs> and more. That's immune from filibuster. Oh, okay. Well, what so the Republicans they, can't even leave on a plane. They can't even get on a plane. They can't go to, you know. Texas. <laughs> can, no, Cancun. Is yeah, that where Cancun. Cruz went? Yeah. They can't even go to Cancun. To flee this democratic vote. That, luckily, we have the government to put money into electric vehicle incentives because there's hardly any money out there in the market going towards Mm-mm. that. No. It's not as if the second richest person in the entire world is that rich because he created an electric vehicle company that can't even meet the demand that they have. Just a running joke that they can't even meet their product demand. That... We need the government to put billions, hundreds of billions of dollars into electric vehicles mm-hmm. because the market is not going to do it. There's no way. The three and a half trillion figure is lower than the six trillion budget committee chairman Bernie Sanders and other progressive Democrats wanted. See, see, that's what they do. They propose, well, we wanted six. Like, this is only about half of that. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's way better than six. Okay. That's negotiation that's right there. Exactly. Sanders pointed to extreme weather events in the West as he touted the compromise. The hottest temperatures we've seen in 100 years, which means we've seen them before there were thousands, millions, and billions of cars on the road. You see when we, ta- you see when we talk about these annoying stories about temperatures and about racist heat and stuff like that, how important it is to call out all that, because all of that shifts the public's opinion on whether or not we need to do anything about this. And then when they decide that they need to spend trillions of dollars on this, well, the public's mind has been changed by all of these insane articles that are misleading everyone to, at the least, just say misleading. And that's how important it is that we talk about these things. And now Sanders says, well, the extreme weather events are the reason that we have to take action right now. Mm-hmm. He warned that absent a transition from fossil fuels... Quote, the planet we're going to be leaving our children and our grandchildren will be increasingly unhealthy and uninhabitable. I thought it was going to be gone. Uh, No, just unhealthy. Okay. Today, we begin the process of having this great country lead the world in transforming our energy system. Sanders added. Today, we begin the process of our country leading the world. Because this is only like one, one eighth of the actual Green New Deal that they want. Yeah, but as if the process hasn't already been started by, com- by companies from our country. Yeah. Like, it's just because the government hasn't been leading that charge is what they're upset about. Mm-hmm. The fact that these corporations that are in the U.S. 
are literally changing the world with what they're doing, that doesn't count because it wasn't government money taken from other people because the government doesn't actually have any money. It wasn't government money that led the transition. So it doesn't count. We haven't, we haven't started this transition at all. Mm-mm. This is day one. We're just starting right mm-hmm. now. So, well, I guess we'll see what happens as if inflation isn't going up fast enough. Mm. Let's see what happens when they add another three and a half trillion dollars of printed money, which according to most, um, you know, really smart economists with this new theory, this new uh, monetary MMT, MMT, it should be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Which I don't even know. I I, I think we should go for the full six trillion dollar. Uh, budget committee chairman Bernie Sanders and other progressive Democrats wanted. Well, as we said yesterday, why not just go full bore? Uh, why not ten? If every dollar the government spends, the more money we have, and the better our society is, then why are we doing three point five? Why not go for six? Why or ten? Why not a hundred? Yeah. Why not fund everything for everyone? The government. This is this is what's so disgusting. Is our government could end homelessness today <laughs> if they would just print enough money and they won't do it they could they could they could end it they could end it right now just think about that for a second <laughs> jeff bezos could end homelessness with his 200 billion dollars he has yeah the government spending six seven eight trillion dollars in a year there's no way they can do it without taking all of jeff bezos's money right it's not possible yeah oh i just wish they lord. would end it today good know? lord Okay, good lord. From CNN.com, we got two more here for y'all real quick. I say y'all because we're going to talk Tennessee real quick. There's this little dust-up going on in Tennessee with the state government and the health officials. They fired their top health official, by the way, because she was essentially putting out the information that we need. She wants children to get vaccinated against COVID-19 because all the children are going to die, clearly, if we don't do that. They're, they're following the science mm-hmm. on this. You follow the science, and it's obviously best for children to get vaccinated, because if they don't, they have this massive chance of dying from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. It's going to kill all of them. Well, she, I may differ with you on this, by the way. Well, she let everyone know that, she let everyone know that uh, kids could get vaccinated without their parents' permission, and they went ahead and they let her go. Now, some of the crazy talk behind this is that they're no longer going to be telling kids or parents about vaccines for anything, HPV or anything like that. What they actually said on this, here's all they said, that they weren't going to send out things about kids getting vaccinated without their parents' permission with the, department, uh, with the health department's uh, logo on the letterhead. They were not allowed to do that. That's literally what they said. Mm-hmm. They didn't say you're not allowed to do anything. They didn't say that we're not, never going to do this again, that we weren't going to go out there and tell and tell students that they could do whatever they wanted without their parents' permission, essentially, when it comes to the vaccine. And they got mad about that. But, of course, we have a better article here from CNN to explain what's going on. The Donald Trump-fueled dissent of the GOP into a party of reality-rejecting, science-denying conspiracy theorists is well-documented and a growing phenomenon. Almost nowhere is the enduring harm... Remember that thing you were showing me yesterday about the vaccines, by the way? Mm -hmm. Almost nowhere is the enduring harm of the Trump years more apparent than in the American rights response to the COVID-19 vaccine. Vaccinations long rightly heralded as miracles of modern science that have saved millions of lives are suddenly ideologically divisive along party lines. (laughs) Which is hilarious. 
Should we save it for dumb bleeper? I mean, it fits so well for right now. It does fit well. I didn't take screenshots, but I could, I have it pulled up still. I think it was, it was so. from the uh, Brooklyn dad defiant guy talking mm-hmm. while Trump was still in office when they got these vaccines going, saying that he wasn't going to take Trump's vaccine. Neither Kamala, was Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris wasn't going to take Trump's vaccine. Mm-mm. Wasn't going to do it. It was just great. And all these people agreeing. Like, yeah. There's no way that I'm going to take an experimental vaccine from the Trump administration. Yeah. The danger inherent in this conflict came to a head this week in Tennessee, where pediatrician Dr. Michelle Fiscus, one of the state's top vaccine officials, so she was not the top person, was fired after circulating information about a decades-old state policy regarding vaccinations. It's ironic. The party of pro-life doesn't believe that children including teens, have basic rights to preserve their well-being separate from their parents' wishes or consent. The rejection of children's rights is currently playing out in Tennessee. Fiscus. That's pretty funny. Yeah. The rejection of children's rights is currently playing out in Tennessee. Now, there's a complicated conversation on that because you, you don't want parents to do something that's going to harm their child. How far does that go? when there is a vaccination for something that could harm the child, it's like having a vaccine against lightning strikes, could harm the child, uh, and the parent decides not to do that, at what point do you draw the line? Uh, that is a, that, I'm just saying that when you, when you decide you're going to draw these lines, you get to move them all over the place. Viscus, the medical director for the Vaccine Preventable Diseases and Immunization Programs at the Tennessee Department of Health, said Monday she was fired after writing a memo about COVID-19 vaccinations for young people, including the legal standard for parental consent to health care in Tennessee. Quote, according to Tennessee Supreme Court case law, minors ages 14 to 17 years are able to receive medical care in Tennessee without parental consent. It's interesting that the children's lives have no rights if they're below the age of 14, I guess. It just Mm. doesn't matter. Nope. Okay. So we're not talking about that situation where the parent is making the decision that could harm the child because you would still care about that below the age of 14 as well, Mm -hmm. from what I can tell. Within days, legislators were contacting TDH, that's the Department of Health, asking questions about the memo with some interpreting it as an attempt to undermine parental authority. It wasn't, but even if the Department of Health did encourage young adults to get vaccinated, that would be squarely within the purview of the state health department. Fiscus wrote that it was, it was her job to provide evidence-based education and vaccine access so that Tennesseans could protect themselves against COVID-19. I've now been terminated for doing exactly that. The department told CNN in an email it could not comment on personal. Personnel matters, not personal. Now, matters. see, this is where I think that, that um, where we might disagree is that I don't think what she did is wrong. I actually don't. And, uh, I'm assuming there's more I don't know about it. But from what I've heard, I don't think that what she did is actually wrong if it was within the the health department's purviews and part of her job to do that. And it's also the the, the law in Tennessee does say that minors uh, between the ages of 14 and 17 can get medical care without their parents' consent. Yeah. Certain medical care. I don't think you can do some cosmetic things and stuff. Those have to still get uh, approval. But uh, minors under the age of 18 are able to do some things. Um, and that's like, you know, go, going to get birth control or like whatever that you can do without your parents' consent. Um, and typically, I think a lot of libertarians would argue once you're 14, 15, 16, that you're making some of those decisions on your own. 
whether or not your parents agree or not anyway. Mm-hmm. So, so my thing on this is that she didn't do anything wrong. I don't think, uh, I mean, you can be fired for whatever reason. It's because they don't like you anymore. It's like, well, yeah, I don't like the way you fixed your hair today. What's her name? Karen? This is likely along political lines where they're not, they don't want to try and make this big push to get children vaccinated mm-hmm. with an, an EMA vaccine currently still that has not been tested that much on children like some of one of them just got approved for i think children down to 11 i think was the age 11 or 12 yeah but we still you know what we'll what we got to talk about here is a lot of the rhetoric around this which i saw this trending last night on twitter for a bit and of course that was probably just my twitter but you know 20 30,000 tweets from tennessee trending on twitter and of course the children are going to die and that is the part that I really take issue with, that this, that essentially Bill Lee is just going to let the children die from COVID. And that whole speculation, that, that all, all that hoopla around that, there's no, there's no basis of evidence around that. That is not based, and it's full cap, okay? <laughs> it's, it's the yeah. caps lock is on, that um, statement, okay? <laughs> it's a really big cap, Yes, too. caps, yeah. the whole thing. Children are so much more at risk for so many other things. In fact, in the entire United States, of the 600,000 people that have died, 331 of them were below the age of 18. Now, I don't want any of those kids to have died. Mm -mm. None of them at all. But that's 0.05% of the COVID deaths. Not not 0.05, like 5%. It's 0.05%, like 5% of 1%. That, that's how small it is. Uh, of the, the people that have died from COVID were actually under the age of 18. It's almost nothing. And so trying to make this massive more political kids push... Die of, I think more kids die still of huffing their own poop <laughs> than they do of COVID. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at... There, were like, there was something, uh, something around 55,000 children that died 17 or younger last year in the United States, something like that. And so 331 of them were from COVID. I don't want any, I want all of them to still be alive. Mm -hmm. Okay. But this whole idea that you're killing the children, if you don't get them to go get vaccinated. And that's where I agree with you. It's ridiculous. Now, now the, I mean, the good thing is the government wasn't forcing any kids to go get vaccines. It's not like you're like, Oh, you can't come back to school unless you get a vaccine. But it was saying like, Hey, if you want to go get one, you can. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Actually, um, what they do, though, Charlie, is they tell you that if you don't do this, you're going to die and that you're going to kill other people. And then they say, well, you make the choice on what you want. <laughs> yeah. That's what they do to children. Well, I didn't read the memo. Did yeah. you get the memo? Because children are very easily manipulated. That's true. So when they say... If they, do, if they, if they put it out that way, then I would, uh, yeah, I would be upset if I were a parent for sure. Uh, well, I am a parent. If I was a parent of someone who got a memo like this, I would be upset. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, but at the same time, I, I don't know. This is tricky because, um, yeah, I I have said this, and you can look at the chart. If you're under fifty, you probably don't need the vaccine, and you have a really high, very, 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 very high likelihood of of surviving mm-hmm. this disease. Uh, most people that died range from 65 to 85 plus. Yeah. So 65 and older, that's the category where most people died. 
A lot of times they had other comorbidities and everything like that to go along with it. But if you're young and healthy, again, I got the shot, but the only reason why I got it is because one, I think vaccines are safer than they are detrimental. A long-standing history of that, multiple different vaccines. This one is still experimental. It's a new type of vaccine, the mRNA or whatever. So I will agree with people on that. But the other thing is like I wanted to travel. If, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't, if, 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 if I did not want to cross the seas uh, so badly and it was something that I thought was really going to hurt me, then I wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Now, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't you have got, because I haven't gotten it either. Because I don't need it. And you've made that determination. Yes. Even with all the news and all the stuff that you've read. Yeah, I don't need it. Can a child make that determination? Depends on the child. <laughs> that, that would be my question. That's, that's my lawyer speak for yeah. you. Well, it all depends. You know, I've met some 14, 15 year olds that are pretty smart. So, so based on the science behind that, we don't know if a child can make that determination. You might have to defer to the parent making that determination for, for their child. When it comes to something that has a lower likelihood of killing a child, then, I mean, probably a list of about 100 other things that they're going to encounter throughout the week, more than likely. That's a, that is a total BS number, by the way, but you get the idea. And I'm, I'm just saying right here that that's a BS number. I don't know the actual number on that. But I just saw the ridiculousness around this. Oh, one, you know, one in every 542 Tennesseans has died from COVID. Mm. That sounds like a ridiculous number. You know what that puts them at? 25th in the nation. But 38%, they've got one of the lowest vaccination rates. Only 38% of Tennessee has been vaccinated. But they're right in the middle. They're right in the middle, 25th, and the amount of people who have died from COVID mm-hmm. as relative to their population. So the, there's not even any science backing up that argument. <laughs> but this is the, all the science. St- Stephanie, I was actually talking to me the other day, as you guys know, she's uh, a nurse. And so we were talking about this the other day, and she was like, man, I really thought when they lifted all those restrictions that we would see this a big wave like we did last year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's like, why do you think it's not happening? And I was like, I think most people got it. Yeah. I think most people actually got the disease and they didn't have any symptoms and recovered from it just fine. That's why they're not getting it again. You've got a call in a few minutes, right? I surely do. So the other, what you were just saying right there, we were going to go through this article from LA, but the, the cases are going up right now. But what no one, you'll see no one talking about right now are the amount of deaths. And also... Because there aren't any? Because they're very low. I mean, this massive thing in LA, the cases are up. 500% in some of these counties since this time to a, jerry, to a cherry-picked data set ago. They're up 500%. But they say randomly in here, well, actually, um, the deaths remain low, only about six per day, countywide, even though they're getting 1,000 or 1,100 or 1,200 new cases every single day. And they also talk about how we haven't made it to herd immunity and we're not going to be able to do it without vaccine mandates. Inside of those numbers, they're not counting the people who have already been infected with it. They're only counting the people that are vaccinated. And so they're saying there's no way we can make it to herd immunity. But they're not counting people who have actually already had it. Right. Which is li- literally one of the longest bases of science and the whole freaking all of science is that when you get a virus, you've got some antibodies for it afterwards. I'm going to okay? watch your head You can fight here in some of it off. And they're literally not counting the numbers. You're getting redder by the second. Okay, we got to go. Yeah.
<laughs> there's a, the, this next article that you have in here too is really good about drug overdose deaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's folks. We got a lot more to cover, but we're out of time for today. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please hit that subscribe or follow button, share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children, especially the 14 to 17 year olds who need to hear about their rights. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the best way to fight democracy is to flee democracy from what I can tell. And, uh, if you guys do all of that, leave us a rating and review and share the show. Then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>